0: To episode 140 Where we at? 141 bullet. You gonna you gonna do a cheer? No? You're gonna boo uh oh, boo bullet boo. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh that's the wrong one too. Where's the uh where the hell is the drum one? That's not the drum one. There it is! Woo! 141. Woo! Obnoxious and idiots um i'm just hitting buttons i was only eight and i always get them all wrong oh visually impaired problems and mental health problems uh yeah guys welcome to the show um bullet and i are gonna just kind of transition here and just jump right in we're gonna get to our wonderful fantastic stupendous guest thank you for your time All right, guys, we are back again. Um, so uh, I believe I found this guy on a, a different website. Uh, actually, I'm not sure which one I found him on because I've, I found a couple of new sites to, to find guests on. Um, Podmatch is obviously the main one. But uh, I just, I'm just i always perusing. When I have some time, I peruse the Internet, try to find uh, good, qualified guests uh, that make sense, especially for people in the disability community because – uh, I try to put us in the best light, and I also want us to. Uh, I just want to be find at least one person to represent every condition possible, if if imaginable. I, sometimes it's hard, uh, but this guy has a, a really crazy story. Um, he, he's overcome a lot, and I'm proud to have getting. Uh, I'm proud to have a chance to get to know him. Um, so yeah, buddy, you want to uh, introduce yourself? Maybe tell a little about yourself.
1: Hi, I am Chris Mitchell. I am a person with a physical disability, a visual disability. and Well, some would say it's a learning disability, but others would say it's a neurodiverse disability. That's my ADHD. So I've had all three of them, and I also do battle with a little bit of depression, so the mental health as well. So I got a little bit of everything going on. My physical disability is I survived an injury that um, is an incomplete spinal cord injury, and I lost the ability to run, walk, or even you know, stand on my own. Uh, and uh, at the time I was engaged and I'm visually impaired because I was born with cataracts. So like you, I am legally blind.
0: Oh, right. Um. So, so the, uh, of of the four, ment- you know, the mental health part, the mm-hmm. spinal injury, uh, two were two of them you were born with? Oh, yeah, yes. The cataracts and yeah. then, yeah.
1: And, and well, and because we, um, well, yeah, ADHD, But uh, the the what I have not told you, as I mentioned to you before we began, is uh, the the incomplete spinal injury what um, occurred because I had a constricted aorta I was born with, and I had to have corrective surgery. So, uh, in a way, no, I did not have the spinal cord injury at birth, but because of another birth defect that led to it. Right.
0: Now, is that something you can like pass down? Like a lot, all the things that you have—is that a lot? It's passed down through like genes from your family.
1: Uh, no, not that I'm aware of, I—I I, well, I don't have any kids. Um, I have a cat, and I have sanity, so I don't have any children. Uh, so no, I, mean, I don't know for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, that, but, I'm sorry. I, I meant from your parents to you. I meant.
1: No, no, uh, no, it did not come that way. My mom was exposed to the German measles, which is almost unheard of today, while she was carrying me, and even though she did not get sick more than what doctor thought was morning sickness, I caught the German measles, and that caused my birth defects. So, wow. no, it was not inherited from my parents. Wow. Did
0: she have a lot of guilt for that, even though technically it's not her fault?
1: Um. I think a little bit. We don't really talk about that because for me, what's happened, it's happened. No reason to try to blame anyone or or try to point fingers. You just got to deal with what you're given. And if you focus on wanting to have guilt or blaming someone, you're taking the eye off of what I believe should be your mission is to be the best possible you that you can be.
0: Sure. No, I think maybe she would have more guilt if you weren't so strong and you didn't have this type of attitude. Because there are a lot of people who go the opposite way and they let it mm-hmm. you know, define them. And if maybe right. maybe if you were constantly miserable and depressed, and I go, mean, I know you do have depression, but if you were constantly right. maybe you don't show it as much around her, uh, if you were just constantly walking around miserable, maybe it would she would probably feel a little more guilt but since you have this like self reflection and you you're you know pushing past all your pain um and you you know you you do a lot of amazing things it's it's probably easy for her to kind of accept what was done is done and screw it
1: Quite possible. I don't know. I'm, I'm not her. And I, um, we have not developed a way to read a mom's mind because we could, us kids would know when we're children, when we push mom enough and we would be a lot less likely to get spanked and we would know where mom is. So we know how far and how fast we can run when they get angry.
0: For sure. Um, so I'm trying to think, I guess we we'll, well just start off with the being legally blind. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, like how bad are are your eyes if you can explain it to the audience
1: well um, you know I've been asked that how bad are your eyes what do you see and it's very hard for me to answer that question because I've never had normal vision to me this is normal but my 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 doctors have told me my vision is 2,200 in my left eye and 2,300 in my right. So uh, that's my visual acuity. I can read out of my left eye, but I cannot read out of my right eye. And with the exception of when I wear these really thick glasses I have to wear, or if I have to read my cell phone, I got to get it closer to my face. Just looking at me, you may not be able to tell I'm visually impaired. Uh, but as far as seeing, uh, that's my visual uh, measurements, uh, like I said, I can see out, read out of the left eye, but never been able to out of the right. I have no depth perception, which is really fun with my visual, uh, with my physical disability. Because curb cuts, I, I'm guessing where they are, and there's been a couple of times I'm almost falling off the edge of the curb because I thought there was wasn't a curb cut, and there uh, I thought there was a curb cut, and there wasn't one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's funny you say that because my eyes have played tricks on me many times. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but like for mine, sometimes are very sensitive to light. And mm-hmm. if I'm looking in the light and I see, like, let's say a shadow of my move, sometimes it almost looks mm-hmm. like something's coming at me and I may flinch. Right. And it's like, oh, and then I realize, like, oh, duh, it was just me. But it, it yeah, it's, it's weird how when your eyes are a little wonky, it, you, you may see some things that really aren't there and not like a hallucination for, for right. people who see that
1: you misinterpret maybe a shadow and thinking somebody else or I don't judge distance. So my wife has learned, you know, don't, don't get right in my face with her hand because I think it's someone coming close to me and I I get aggressive Well, not aggressive, but defensive. So I don't get hurt and I don't really have a lot of trouble with the light because most of the time I wear a baseball cap that cuts down the light. So it's easier for me to see. So I don't get blinded by light and walk into telephone poles or, buses or anything big like that that can hurt me.
0: Yeah, see, it's funny you say that. Like when I was a kid, because my, my eyes were even more sensitive to light and I would wear a ball cap over my face and because my eye, my left eye is worse and was more sensitive, which is mm-hmm. actually my bad eye, I would wear it over to protect the left eye. But as the brim is coming down, it's now blocking the vision of the right eye. So I would walk mm-hmm. in the poles and things and of course that led to bullying and a bunch of other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, um. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I've never had. I don't have cataracts. My friend, she does, and I know how bad they can be.
1: Uh, they're no fun. I've had them removed twice. Wow. So
0: now, what does that do? Like, does that make your vision better when they're removed, or does it just you know does it leave scarring? Like, what what does that do for you?
1: Well, uh, I, no scarring that I'm aware of. Um, and making my vision better. I would assume so. I was a kid when it happened. The first time I was, uh, um under the age of two the second time I was eight or nine and I really did not you know sit down and say wow I can see better than I did before as soon as the patch came off cool I can go outside and ride my bike and that's all I cared about you know
0: yeah fair enough so, yeah when you're at that age <laughs> you
1: really know the at, at the age famous. as an adult you say let's compare what it was before and what it is now as a kid like my bicycle yay
0: yeah um, I, I don't know for you. And again, I I had another condition that kind of caused all this, um, right? But w- what happened? Um, I feel like a lot of what happened to me as a kid, and a lot happened to me. Um, I feel like it happened to me at a great time because now when I'm I'm older, I'm more mature and I understand things and I understand what things mm-hmm. are. Like I know what mental health is, and, and I know what anxiety is, and. I'm too smart and I'm not saying this to brag or anything but I'm too smart so like my my evidence like I have a lot of evidence that will prove something wrong or right and it will point mm-hmm. in a negative direction so like if, if I were to have some sort of condition some sort of uh, I don't know, outbreak or something my body I freak out when my, my mental health knows prop I can at least come up with some sort of evidence of to point in a direction to say hey this is this might be I don't know whatever cancer or something and but when I'm right. a kid it's like it's scary But I don't know What any of this shit is and Which maybe is The unknown Is the scary part But mm-hmm. When you're a kid It's like eh, It sucks But you still You just want to get Outside and play
1: Yeah You just move on I mean As a kid We just figure out a way to get around it and we do it as adults unfortunately sometimes when something happens in our life could be a disability could be any other challenge we let it consume us and we stop trying to find ways around it and we let it win instead of us winning like we did when we were a kid
0: yeah for sure yeah it's much harder to accept i think the only part that comes when when you're a child that makes it hard is when other kids like are making it uh, you know, putting like the telescope on you and saying, ah, look, this is, this is why you're different and weird. And, right. and that can be wrong. But overall when, yeah, when you, I think things impact us more as an adult, uh, you bounce back quicker, not just like health wise. Cause obviously you break your leg when you're a kid, like a couple of months later, boom, you're back up on your yeah. bike. And, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. Cause like, I've always considered that when I was a child, it's like, I was just a very strong kid, even though I was mm-hmm. very an emotional kid, I was afraid of the world. But I, I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get back to my toys and and stuffed animals and things and yeah it's,
1: my happy place and we heal quicker when we're younger than when we are adults
0: yeah in every way possible it's it's easy yes. just to bounce back you can just forget the next thing and go on I mean it's yeah you see it a lot with kids who you give them a toy and then like sometimes they just go ah now I want the next toy like you, you can just bounce yeah. back to anything you just like oh like you can just forget that that toy was your favorite toy and just go on and uh you know maybe sometimes it feels wrong for the person who bought it for you, but you just can move on very quickly and that it also you know contributes to to uh anything that's going on in your life where you get hurt you just bounce back and you know it's nothing but you're older it's it's it plays more of an impact and uh, you know it affects you a little more very true <clears throat> um so with with the with your ADHD, how were you diagnosed with that as a kid? Or was that something that came a little later? Uh,
1: I was diagnosed with it uh, probably in high school. Um, a couple of things that led to it. One, I was a <clears throat> daily visitor to the principal's office, probably starting in kindergarten. And some days I enjoyed seeing him so much. I went there twice. I was expelled from Missouri school for the blind for my behavior. I don't remember what for, because, that happened in second grade. And, you know, when, when you misbehave as a kid, five minutes later, you've forgotten what you've done. <laughs> and then I got expelled from my high school in ninth grade for kicking a principal, which is really not a good idea. I was very fortunate I did not get charged with assault for that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I was diagnosed in high school of ADHD, and I wound up in a special education program for kids with behavior problems uh, that actually turned my life around. I had a wonderful teacher, and she kind of helped me reframe thinking that who i am is not my my behavior issues because she would say whenever any of us in the class would act out i like you i don't like your behavior and up until that point my parents nobody separated my behavior for whom i was and that allowed me to become a better well-behaved person and when For the next four years of high school, I only wound up in the principal's office once for using a profanity in a classroom. And uh, that's awesome compared to a kid that was in the principal's office once a day. But, yeah, I was diagnosed in high school with it.
0: But before you were diagnosed, did anyone ever assume something was different about you when it comes to that? Or, Or did they just immediately just think you were an angry child?
1: Uh, I don't think they assumed anything. I think, uh, maybe they thought I was angry. I don't know. The adults didn't really tell me much or I didn't listen to them because that was one reason I got in trouble. I didn't want to listen to adults. I felt the rules apply to everybody but me. (laughs) So, uh, I don't think they thought it was anger, but I know they, they believed that I had issues controlling my temper and my, my behavior.
0: Well, that's pretty impressive to get suspended from a second-grade class, because that's not easy to do. No, it isn't. Yeah. Ninth grade is easy. I mean, yeah, kicking the principal. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Second grade, I don't know what I did, but they said at the end of the school, you find somewhere else to go to school. So, yeah, um, You yeah.
0: yeah. we were a little terrorist, because, man...
1: Yeah, I must have been, but I mean, that was a great thing. I mean, I love the Missouri School for the Blind. I went there, kindergarten, first, second grade, learned a lot of things there great people and all. But when I got expelled, I went to the same school the kids in my neighborhood did. So in a way, I may have been one of the first ones to be mainstreamed, first disabled person to be mainstreamed in a public schools, which was great because then I started being able to interact with the world the way the world is because- we, we had these old rotary phones. I'm that old. We had a rotary phone. My parents got this cardboard put cutout. You could put it around the dial so they had large numbers on it. I took that off and I told my parents, I don't want that. They asked me why. And I said, because the world's not going to adapt to me. I got to adapt to it. So when I got expelled from from um, Missouri School for the Blind, I was in the traditional school that everybody else was. And it gave me a chance to learn how to adapt to the world aside of people that does not have adaptations like Braille, large print that would help me. And I think that was one of the best things that happened to me.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, it's like if you were going to another country and then you just expected everybody to speak your language, even though you know right. they speak a certain language. Uh, but you you just, I mean, again, I mean, you, you have to find ways to make life acclimated to you to some degree. But yeah, you're right. Like, especially as a disabil- having a disability or disabilities in your case, yeah, people aren't just going to just turn around and just say, well, sure, because, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people with disabilities don't get hired is because they they want... And I, I, mean, I say this even for myself, but there's times we need certain things, large print in something or right. whatever, and they don't want to do it because they think it's a financial thing or uh, a health right. r- a risk uh, in a way where, you know, it's some sort of, uh, you know, if, if if it doesn't get done the, pr- the proper way, you know, it may be some sort of health hazard and it may, you know, obstruct my job or something. And, and so, right. yeah, it's an interesting way that you, that's... Now, that's-
1: for. for- For the context, for the audience, um, my problems in school was way before the ADA became a law. So back in the day when I was going through all this, we did not have the ADA. We did not have curb cuts. We did not have any of the stuff that we are enjoying today. And so uh, to me, it was a survival instinct to believe I need to adapt to the world. And I I think there have been a lot of great things and benefits from the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I, I Oh, I, I applaud for that happening, but I also think uh, we we as disabled people should not just lean on that to survive and thrive. We need to also say, we got to meet them halfway. and We got to adapt to the world the way it is, because not everyone's going to adapt to what we need.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's something I've really taken on in myself, because I've noticed in our community, we tend to sit back and just we. there's almost like a, a silent war between us and like able-bodied people and it's like well no yeah some thing.
1: people are silent some are very vocal but yeah, yeah. there's a war <laughs> yeah there's a war and it's
0: really not the case and sometimes there's a war within disabilities like whether mm-hmm. like I've seen it from blind and visually impaired it's like aha I have more sight than you and it's like really you're, yeah. you really think you're that much better huh yeah um and a yeah. lot of times the blind guy is actually better because he's more independent and does more and he's he's less mm-hmm. reliant on parents or whatever else uh um, right but yeah it, it's it, it's yeah you know, it's good that you say that because i for me i you know i'm sure you saw the 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 crip camp documentary where they talk about the ada and all these people who fought for us and changed this and um, these, all these dis- people with disabilities, just, they, they stayed outside in these offices and they, they fought for us to make sure we have any kind of rights and, and mm-hmm. everything that we got now that you, you, know, that you lived with previously didn't have, um, and they fought for us. And I feel like a lot of, to some degree, we kind of dropped the ball and we didn't carry the baton from where they took it because there's a mm-hmm. lot of us that are sitting around again, I'm not, look, we, there are parts to blame on the world and and how we're treated and all that but we, right a lot of times we don't we're not as vocal as we should be and, and a lot of times we're not even vocal as we should be as a as a unit we tend to really segregate ourselves into small pockets to where then people don't want to pay attention to us let's say the blind stay in the blind and the, the deaf stay mm-hmm. in the deaf and it's not togetherness and that's where I think we again I don't know if you agree but we tend to we kind of hurt ourselves
1: Yeah, I I see that in some some areas. I'm not going to say all because we are a very large community with very diverse people, Mm -hmm. and some have different views than others, so I do not want to stereotype our community. But I have seen people use the word ableism and ableist as if they were wanting to hurt someone and verbally abuse them and put them down like they're evil words and I tell people and I, and I get backlash on this at times if we are going to survive and thrive as people in the disabled community we got to quit seeing the other side of the enemy and the same for people who are not disabled we gotta, they got to quit seeing us as the enemy if we're all going to survive and thrive in our society we got to see not what limitations we have but what potential we have. And we got to quit labeling and putting each other down because that's going to hold us back. When we have that hatred of, Oh, the ableist society is so mean to me that that hatred is standing between you and success because you're using energy for hatred and not using your energy to be the best possible you that you can be.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of that hatred, yes, there's, there's some really valid things that they're talking about, but when you let it consume you, it's you're never gonna get anywhere. And if you look at just history overall, you know, that's just mm-hmm. something more recent where gay people are allowed to get married. Well, in order for gay people to get married, and this doesn't make anybody better or worse, but they needed straight people because they're they're the minority. And right. you know, if you want if you wanted marijuana passed, you needed people who are non stoners to fight for it. Because you need mm-hmm. open-minded people, you know, whether it's when it comes to slavery, women's being, women being able to vote, all these things. You need the opposite side that is perceived to be, you know, the enemy, even though there's a Especially lot of people the- that aren't.
1: Especially if the other side has the power, I mean, I don't mean that in a in negative way, but, you know, the elected officials, they may not be disabled that could pass that law. You need them on your side. And by calling calling them ableist and discriminating, you're turning them off from wanting to help you, uh, help, you help us. And that's got to stop.
0: Oh, yeah. If You're just screaming at them. Even even if they are what you say they are, it's like the more you yell at them, they're just going to go, oh, okay, well, you're just some loud mouth person. Like Good for you. Yeah.
1: they're right I'm right they are jerks why should I help them (laughs) you know the attitude they're going to have and and all and we got we got to quit seeing ourselves as special and unique uh, to the extent that I, I was in a meeting the other a couple months ago and one person said nobody understands me except other disabled people well you know what every group can say that people who are gay can say that people who who do drugs can say that and we're not going to get along together. As long as we keep saying that and and just making these little groups for ourselves and saying everyone else is an outsider. We're one big society together and we got to learn to work together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I don't know about you, but as a person who has visually impairment, I have a very good imagination. So I have a very vivid imagination. So when people are talking to me, like even when you tell me your story, there's certain things that I go in and out of images and I'm just trying to picture you doing Mm -hmm. this and that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so I I just feel like that's what you have to do. There's no one's They're not like, even if you're disabled, you don't really know what it's like to have another disability unless you have it. No, you don't. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have no idea what it's like to to be in a wheelchair. I have no idea. It's Mm -hmm. frightening. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I try to put myself in their shoes to some degree and, you know, comparisons and things where I just go, okay, yeah, I can see how that would be a problem or whatever. And if you just. There are a lot of people that are willing to listen and try to understand your your plight. But if you you don't even attempt and you just immediately assume that everybody hates you and everyone is against you, even if it feels that way, we've all felt that way, especially with mental health. Like when you're lonely, it's easy to feel like there's no one that's ever going to love you for who you are. Um, and, now, right. and you should know And now you have, you're, you're married. So it, it's, yeah. And, and, and sometimes you're with somebody who loves you and understands you, but you still don't feel like you understand them. Like I, I've said many times, you could be in a room full of people and still feel lonely. So
1: it's it, true. You can.
0: And so if you just, you have to put yourself out there and it, it's, it, it could be very embarrassing. Uh, there just could be a lot of shame that can come from it. But if you just push past that and really get people to to listen to you, like, just because they don't fully understand you doesn't mean, and again, there are people that are going to be ignorant and still judge you and all that. We we get all that, but they're right. not all, they're really not all like that. And I know this world is a very screwed up place, uh, but you know, it, just because they don't understand, who cares if they don't understand you? You, you, you still, you should, you're right to be able to work and all these different things shouldn't be taken away from you. You should still fight and continue to push and make people understand. Be annoying. Screw it. Be persistent.
1: <laughs> okay. That's one approach Yeah. <laughs> Be annoying, yeah. And you were mentioning about um, being lonely, being uh, it kind of touched upon being disabled. And, and I'm being very blessed um, to be married. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of scary time about being uh, dating and being disabled and thinking I'm going to get turned down by girls just because I'm disabled before they even get to know me. And that, that's a real thing. I mean, I did get turned down by a few. Now, at the time I was dating, all I had was my visual impairment that could even be barely seen. And I had a white cane. And I got turned down by a few but I did find one girl who was very interested in me saw beyond that and was by my side when I had my my spinal cord injury and we're still, we've been married since then we were engaged at the time and I believe that disability my my blindness my white cane got rid of the girls that would have left me when I had my spinal cord injury if I had not been disabled before and helped me find the woman that was strong enough to be there for me during the time that I lost the ability to walk and was in a rehab hospital for a month. And and she had been a wonderful wife for me. And now our roles have reversed. She's been taking care of me for many years. I'm now taking care of her because she's in the other room right now, battling stage four breast cancer. And it's been a wonderful joy um, to have her in my life and, to be uh, her being there for me and me being there for her and so this if you're if you're disabled and you're afraid of dating go out and date yeah you're going to get turned down but those are the people who are not strong enough to be with you if things get worse in your life and you want a strong person as your partner in your life
0: well please wish her luck for me as far as the cancer
1: goes. thank you thank you
0: hopefully everything works out Um, thank you because you know i mean hopefully you know they always say when you know you put out good energy it hopefully you know it should come back to you so hopefully for everything she's done even just for you and and whoever else in life hopefully you know she's able to fight it off um because that that that's never that's always a monster to deal with but yeah um but yeah but i mean and i'm sure like having you around is very infectious too because if you think about it like you can get in this headspace of why me like look at all the good i've done and now i have cancer mm-hmm. um or right. in your case oh i i'm legally blind really now i have adhd now i have a spinal problem mm-hmm. and you get into whether you're religious and you may say like you know god hates me or whatever it's it's so easy mm-hmm. to go down all these different paths because oh
1: yeah it's very easy to be negative
0: yeah because your mind it's especially when you're stuck alone with your demons and they're they're just constantly mm-hmm. screaming at you saying hey you know uh Like, what about this thought? And it's like, oh man, I was trying to enjoy breakfast or whatever. Like you're trying (laughs) to do something basic and your mind is just, you're in the shower and your mind is just constantly bringing up all these little images that just trigger something in you. And you're like, oh, like not today. I just wanted today to be a good day. Yeah. And, you know, so using you and your wife as an example, I mean, like, yeah, going back to our original conversation there, like it's, it's easy to just want to hate the world because the world can be very cruel. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially when you have a disability, but it, it's it, it just because everything isn't on you know on a flat surface everything is even it's not but you can empower a lot more people as, and you know like I think even with you you talking about dating because dating can be very tough for for a person with a disability and
1: yes it can uh,
0: And many reasons just the shallowness because shallow people are shallow in dating regardless regardless if you mm-hmm. look normal or whatever that means or not if you have a disability or not, there's people just won't date people because of whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and the reasons become more and more ridiculous nowadays. Um,
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, from what I understand, I'm not, I'm not dating. I just would like to point that out since I'm married. I like, if you want to stay married, you don't date (laughs) little thing I've I've learned.
0: Right. Yeah. But no, but I've been (laughs) those that cane and things like that. Those are just complete. They're accessories and they may, they, they stand, they stand out. Now, a lot of people don't want to stand out but uh, you don't really have the choice um, no you don't and there are people that are just going to be like ew well, why would i date that and those are broken just those are people that you don't want in your life because even if they're not at your all life they're just going to cause you more drama and pain right and there's a reason why some people get dragged down to the abyss of of the world where you know whether it's crime or certain things some of it is you know sometimes you're in the wrong place at the wrong time but a lot of times it's who the people you have around you and you have, you have mm-hmm. a bad, you know, lover, female or male or whatever gender you want to you know, call yourself. If you don't, um, if you have them in your life, like they're around all the time and that's, you know, you're sucking off their energy as they're sucking off of yours and, and they can just change your life for the negative. Um, yeah. And I just hope, you know, like, and I know a lot of people are struggling to find people to like, accept them, uh, and mm-hmm. it, Dating sucks I'm single but I've done okay in dating world mm-hmm. But it, it's Yeah there are people who judge me There are people who don't want anything to do with me And, and look it's hard to accept It, it is But you, you just move on
1: and a lot of people in the disabled community feel we're we're going to be judged because of our disability while dating, which does happen. But wouldn't but some of them will come across like we're the only ones that get judged by that. No, I mean able-bodied people can get judged. Oh, I don't want to date that person because of the authenticity, or because you know that that woman has short hair, and I want to date somebody who has long hair, or she does not have a, 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 a pleasant figure because she's a little bit overweight. We all get judged by others, and. and unfortunately, whether we realize it or not, at times we are the person judging other people. And that is one thing that, you know, we all need to work on and to see each other's potential, not each other's limitations or anything negative to see what they can do. I mean, for for younger people, I'm a little bit older for younger people out there, whoever you're dating, don't go for the outer package. The inner package is the most important part because that beauty will go away as they age. So uh, find out what that person's like, with their values, their characters, if they're a person of integrity. And that's what you want to be looking for. Not for the cutest girl or guy or whatever you want to be dating, um, preferably in human form, not, not a cat. But, you know, hey, I'm open-minded. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but you want to know what their um, character is. so they, So you're going to be in a relationship that's going to be good for you for years and decades to come.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that might go into part of the visual impairment because sometimes when it's hard to see people, you, mm-hmm. because I, I, I've i said I've stated this on the show, I wonder what it would be like if we all forgot what we looked like if for a month mm-hmm. or a year or whatever. We were all blind. And I wonder mm-hmm. how we would treat, or, treat each other, because you can't be racist because you don't know what someone looks like. Um, well,
1: it would be hard because you can hear some people's voice. But, yeah, it would be difficult.
0: Right. I'm just saying, if you forgot all what everyone looks like and now you're just going mm-hmm. based on what you think a voice sounds like, you're more mm-hmm. and you're more likely to maybe open up and, and try to give a person a chance. Whereas we just, we immediately just judge people based on our visuals and what we see. And I think it'd be the same mm-hmm. thing in dating where, you know, when it's a little blurry or someone has a nice voice and you're talking to them and it's like, oh, you sound like a nice person. But then, mm-hmm. you know, when you start looking at images and you're like, eh, she's not my type. But then like for a minute, you yeah. were really into her and it's like, ah, so I think yeah. sometimes we have to use other senses and just kind of turn off even our visuals where we just go all right like let's just not go with it cuz it, it we can be we all have our own moments where we can be shallow and and you know and and not of, uh, open to uh certain looks and and yeah like you said weight and all that it can be a, it can be an issue but yeah it, it's <clears throat> sometimes you get painted into a box but the box might not always be that bad it's just you know, like I said, loneliness sucks. It just, it does overall. Yeah. There's nothing positive about loneliness. But other than the fact that you can find ways to do a lot of thinking and and be creative mm-hmm. and uh, maybe find ways to better yourself. But a lot of times it doesn't always go that. You tend to, you know, be complacent and stay in the same spot and uh, and just dwell on all the negative. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I said, a uh, dating for people with disabilities is, is always going to be rough and it, I, there's no real r- greater device to just say, keep going, but you have to, and, and you just have to, mm-hmm. you know, put yourself in. And again, a lot of times it does happen when you least expect it. Um, and you, and you, but you just, you also have to continue to work on yourself too, and just be stronger because you know, there are people that are just going to be like, wow, like this person has everything thrown at them and they have every reason to just give up and they're still pushing. Um, and that is a sexy quality, however you want to look at it. It's a quality that is a turn on for some people. It's like, wow, man, this person just won't give up. And I am sitting here bitching about the dumbest of things. You know, I burnt myself in the, you know, when I was picking up my hot tea out of the microwave and I just, I've been Mm -hmm. pissed off about it for 10 minutes and it's like, yeah, it's not that bad compared to what that guy's going through over there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, well, uh, so w- with your, with your mental health, like how have you been able to be so positive? Cause you, you, you seem like a very smart and just awesome dude, but obviously um, there's been moments where you just weren't feeling this way.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I know that in my family, and I don't know if it came from bloodline or not, but my dad's side of the family, there's a history of depression. So that may have, that may have come that, that route. I don't know, but I knew that from when I was a kid and I decided when I was young, I'm going to, I don't want to be depressed. I I, negative or don't be that. So I've always been a type of person that likes to goof around and joke around, which could explain a little bit my ADHD. And I, I wanted to, um, when I was a kid, my, my first goal. Uh, the job I wanted was not being a firefighter, policeman, anything like that, was to be working in morning radio. And back in the day, morning radio used to be really funny. And so I was always joking around. And that was my way of trying to fight off depression. And I so used that. I mean, I, I I'll be very honest with you. Right before we started doing this interview, um, I was in here in my office, where I'm doing it from, and I was fighting back some tears because of what's going on with my wife and her cancer. But as soon as we started the interview, I'm, I'm more turned uh, on, energetic. That's a radio term. That. Um, that I have all this energy bouncing off the walls because I don't want that depression to slow me down right now for what I'm doing that's important, being guests in this interview and being hopefully a role model to somebody in the audience. Yes. That's, but if I am, don't tell me because then my head will get so large my headphones will not fit on them. So please don't send me an email saying uh, you're my role model because it will really... And you know, my hands won't fit, it would be horrible So my way to deal with the depression Is by joking around and trying to be You know, just funny all the time But yeah, I do have very hard Depressing moments, but I, I joke around to control them So others do not see it when it's not appropriate and to keep it from making me uh, so depressed that I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't even want to do anything. And if I get to that point, I'm not going to have a successful business and I'm not going to be able to be there for my life. So my way of fighting depression is to be goofy.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that, that's a very good way of looking. I have a dark sense of humor and I tend to joke around and I'm, I'm very affectionate with my friends, male or female. And mm-hmm. I I try to just, I'm try I try to be and I have bad days where I'm just not feeling it and maybe I didn't get enough sleep or whatever just my depression is just kicking me in the ass but um yeah it, it's great to just be goofy and silly and you know because mm-hmm. a lot of my childhood was taken from me being sick and everything so I, I still have this kid like thing in me where I just want to just I want to try to infect people and hopefully they have good days. And, you know, I can imagine for you, you know, yeah, like your wife was strong for you for a long time, but I'm sure she cried a lot as well. But, yeah, this is, you know, not to not to put all the onus on you at this point, but, yeah, you kind of have to stay strong right now. You got to be the strong ones, mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, she's, you know, just as worried as you are. Um, but, you know, that strength, like you got to dig down deep somewhere. And you obviously have it. Just dig down deep and find that thing that just keeps you going because you know it. sometimes life can get really dark and you can't see that little glimpse of light at the end of the tunnel but mm-hmm. it's there you just you got to believe it's there
1: yeah, you, you got to do that. And I, I find being goofy, um, being a better way of handle, handling the depression than some other people's methods. I'm not being judgmental, but uh, some people drink. And I, there's nothing wrong with drink. I don't drink, but nothing wrong with drinking. But it, you can get so into that that it can be very dangerous for your health. You could hurt other people you get behind the wheel. Some people uh, abuse alcohol, abuse drugs or other things. So I'm thinking me being goofy, I mean, there's a lot worse ways I can be handling my depression than being goofy. Yes, at times, I annoy the heck out of people, but i was thinking it's better than some of the other choices I could be doing, yeah. including feeling sorry for myself and not doing anything at all and depressing the hell out of every everyone that I meet. Like, I'm so depressed. Everything is so bad. Nobody cleaned up the kitchen after me. It's like, yeah, you know, why, why whine to people about it? Uh, I mean, it's good to share your feelings for someone and talk about it when you're having a rough time. But you don't want it to be, be known as the guy that's... Um, um, Downer Debbie, you know, always depressed.
0: Yeah, Debbie Downer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because there are people that you you know, you don't want to be that person that brings other people down. There are people that no, you don't. You know, there are people that are on the opposite where they are feeling like crap, and now they need someone Mm -hmm. to pick up the energy. But if you come in the room and it's like, oh, and it's like, oh man, he's the happy one. Yeah, this is sucking out all the energy. This is not good. I don't, I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's you got to again, you just got to try, but it's good to yeah. just be silly and, and and try to have a good time. Like my family gets on me a lot of times because mm-hmm. I buy a lot of shoes and things, but I just like when a new package is coming. It's something that makes people joy. And I, you know, I, I spend a lot of money on yeah. things, but my money is in a good place. I'm not I'm OK. And so mm-hmm. I know I know where my money is. It's not like I'm spending money that I don't have or I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm choosing that over rent or anything like that. And so Mm. I just like with my grandma, of course I have to be a little harsh, but I say, Hey grandma, it's either this or cocaine. Okay. And very (laughs) blind, but okay. What do you want? Yeah, and I've never done (laughs) cocaine in my life, but it's like grandma, it's this or cocaine or margaritas, you know, at nausea. Like I'm I I I just like I like buying things and um I you know, I I buy things for other people too, but I like to treat myself and I like when a new package is coming uh and so if it makes me happy like who cares and as long as my money is in the right place and i'm financially okay then i'm not making a poor decision
1: i have a ring doorbell system and we have a security system here and i just love the time because that could be the amazon guy with another package for me yeah Yeah.
0: exactly yeah the amazon
1: guy is my best friend
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But that's how you can look for the little things in life. When you realize like your yeah. mental health is taking you down these really dark places, sometimes you can appreciate, like, for us, a good eye day is not a great eye day for anyone else. But right. for us, it's like, wow, like you just thank whoever you believe in. Like, wow, thank you. I'm able to see this a little more. This is a little more in focus today uh, in my life. Or, you know, for you, maybe you're, like, I have to deal with chronic pain myself. It's like, thank God, like my shoulder's not bothering me today or this. Like mm-hmm. I can move around. Thank that I can I can smile. And when you, when you can be appreciative that you have things that people don't, where um, you know you know you're using a toothbrush, uh, electric toothbrush, and you're not using something that's just been just you know destroyed. The Brussels are all destroyed, and it's just something you can't afford to buy a new one. Uh, you know, or you just you know you can hop in the shower. You have clean water. You know, there are people who have to jump in dirty water or don't have water at all. you just have to be grateful right. of the things that you do have. Um and that and that's yeah, and that's that's the good stuff that the, the beautiful things that comes from the really dark places in mental health that a lot of people because contribute to, yeah. Everyone
1: everyone can say this somebody has it worse than me.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely but it's great. Like you, you've turned into such a positive person. And again, I know you were saying like with your wife and there's things there that aren't the greatest. And just because you right. may seem on the surface may seem like a happy person. doesn't mean there's not mm-hmm. demons in there or whatever, but right. your overall like aura is just positive And that's from where you're, you've come from and all the things you've been dealt. You have every reason to go down a different path and just say, you know, screw life. Like this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, So, I guess the final thing, I guess we should talk about your your spinal injury because we didn't really talk about it too much. Um, Right. And again, you said you were born with it. Um,
1: No, no, I was born with a constricted aorta. Oh, sorry. And then I had um, a corrective surgery um, when I was engaged and that's when I survived my spinal cord injury. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you hear a lot about like a lot of people, I know a lot of people who have had surgeries on something and and then they come out worse. Uh, Yeah. And, Lovely
1: booking gift.
0: Yeah, man. Oof, and that's that's rough. And that's, again, it sucks because yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of great doctors out there, but they there's this mm-hmm. stigma attached to them because there's a lot of people now that are disabled and they weren't disabled going in. Now you were. You had a different
1: disability. Yeah, but. I had others, and now now I can say I'm in. All the spectrums. I'm in the neurodiverse, learning disabled spectrum. I'm. I have a mental um, health issue. I'm visually impaired, and now I'm. I'm physically uh, disabled. I'm hoping not to join the fifth club. No offense to people who are in it, but if I lose my hearing, that's going to be really hard because the hearing helps me see and help me with my balance. And also, I really don't want to join any more clubs. Please don't send me an invitation to the hearing impaired club. Yeah, no, I have no. enough on my plate.
0: No, I do love my hearing that's why i mean i love listening to music but i try not to blast oh, yeah. it because i don't
1: want to oh you're lucky <laughs> oh, yeah. you're lucky because when i was a kid we i was alive during the first generation of walkmans and they did not have this little thing that's on the cell phones now <laughs> that oh, no. beeps when you go too loud yeah. and i have a little ringing in my ears from rocking out to the great music the greatest decade of music ever the 1980s full blast in my walkman
0: oh you got tinnitus
1: <laughs> Uh, I think I have a little bit of a vent. Yeah, my doctor's not diagnosed it. I don't like to self-diagnose, but yeah, I do have some ringing in the ears. Ah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I know a bunch of people with that. Uh, I don't know how it is for you, but I guess I guess it didn't bother because you, you went to you know the music and everything. You know, maybe concerts and just how you blasted your music. But for me, no. Oh
1: God, I'm glad I did not go to concert. Imagine what my ringing in my ears be now. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I would mean, imagine what the the musicians are. That's why a lot of the musicians have it because they're con. I mean, the music is.
1: Huey Lewis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had to quit performing because his is so bad. He's almost deaf now. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, what I was gonna say is because, like, so a friend of mine took me to like a bar restaurant, and they had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some local performers, and they were they sounded good, but we were so yeah. close to the stage, the music was like my ears are so sensitive. And mm-hmm. it is true that your your senses get, they expand and they become stronger when one goes down. And right, so it I, is it, my hearing is so sensitive to very, like the drums and every, like every just uh, the hit off the drum, it was just like, oh, it just was throbbing in my ear. And I'm like, I have to go home. Like, I can't stay for this. Yeah. This isn't like, I didn't want to be, as you said, a Debbie Downer. I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't want to be that person that's just like, guys, oh, I can't do this. But it was giving me a headache. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it sucks and I I just I you know that's why you know I've been to uh, many sporting events living in Philadelphia for so long
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I it, it, it for me with my eyes I just rather be home. I can see it on my TV. Yeah. It, I, and I just yeah. yeah, and then the loudness of the crowd and all that. I just like you know I I don't want to be this guy. I just but I I can't really enjoy these big huge events. Uh, no,
1: I can't either. I mean, why would I want to pay 80 bucks to see a concert? I can buy the album for like $5, 10 and hear the music better in my own home, you know?
0: That, or you just get one of these streaming platforms and you just stream it for free. You just pay the 10 bucks a month and that's
1: it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but back in my day, we did not have that streaming platform. The only, only choice was the CD or go to the concert, and the CD was a lot cheaper, and you could hear it over and over again. It's not a one-time thing. So. For sure. I, but yeah, I know what you're saying about better hearing, because I can hear a sound of something going wrong in our car, before my wife does and before the mechanic does. And w- my mechanic has learned when I tell them there's a sound going on in the car, they know that I am talk know what I'm talking about, and they have to go find it because I'm going to keep coming back until they do.
0: Yeah, exactly. How, how old are you, by the way? Is that okay Dad?
1: I am, well, uh, I don't know when this is going to drop, but December 17th, if you are uh, so inclined, you can send me a birthday gift because I'll be turning 57.
0: Wow, 57. All right. Yeah, right. You're, yes. you're not that old. <laughs> yeah, I'm around my grandma a <laughs> lot She's 90 so that's why I say it.
1: Age is just a number And, and your real age is what you think And believe you are And my energy level I still feel like I'm in my 20s And 30s right now uh, But when, when I have pain I feel like I'm in my 40s So <laughs> it all depends on the day
0: Yeah there are days where I'm like wow I feel old and then there's days where I'm just like Yeah I feel vibrant and just I'm bouncy I got a little pep in my step Let's do this Yeah yeah. Um, okay. So so uh, so I want to know what is that like? Like you wake up from your surgery and you you can't move. Like is that like?
1: Well, I woke up from my surgery and I was on a ventilator, which I hate, don't. I, ventilators are horrible. I hated it. I did not like that. And it took a day to get me off the ventilator, and they had me stand up and to take a uh, take a few steps to prevent pneumonia, which you don't want to have as a complication. So at this point, nobody knew something had went wrong. So I sat up. I slid my legs off the right side of the bed, put my feet on the floor, and I attempted to stand, and I, bam, fell hard on my knees onto the, the lowly floor in the CVICU. And, and we, the nurses got me back up on the gurney. About uh, A couple hours later, we tried it again. That time, I felt even harder. And they scurried back to the desk and started you know, making noise, making phone calls. A few days later, I had an MRI, and it was determined I had an incomplete spinal cord injury. And when I found out what was going on, first, I was in denial. I had a catheter in me because that's normal during surgery. And I thought, as soon as they take that out, I'll be able to walk. That's what's stopping me from walking. And they took that out, and I was still having trouble walking. And I, I went through a lot of denial. I thought, well, it was, it was the first of uh, – end of July. And I said, by Labor Day, I'm going to be able to walk like I did before, no problem. Labor Day came, and I was still in a wheelchair. So it took me a while to accept that I had lost the ability to run, walk, or even stand. But – I did not ever give up the hope, and I still have it, that I will be able to walk someday. I may not be able to walk, you know, five, 10 miles like I did before. I may just be two or three steps without a mobility aid, but I still believe I'll be able to do that um, someday. And within my house, I can take one, maybe two steps if something's near me without holding on to anything. So I'm making progress to that. And it's been 20 years since my injury, and uh, I, I still push myself to get better each and every day.
0: No, that's awesome. I mean, what, what did you really do? Because you said you kind of trained yourself to get to walk again. Like, how, how is that possible? Well,
1: I had my stroke in 2002. Uh, to lay people, it's a stroke. And to medical community, it's an incomplete spinal cord injury. And I went through um, inpatient rehab for a month and outpatient rehab for six months. And after six months... Uh, Anything that you have an injury like that is called spontaneous recovery, where you're going to make the most recovery in those six months. Then it dives down. And when it started diving down, my insurance company said, well, we're not paying for that anymore. And basically, they were giving up on me. And I decided I'm not giving up on myself. So at my apartment, I had this narrow hallway where I could put my hand on each wall. And I started walking up and down that hallway to do balance, like doing the parallel bars that I did in the rehab. So many years later, about five or six, seven years later, my wife and I were at a Target store and we have an SUV. She got my wheelchair out and she wheeled me and she wheeled me around the store. Well, one day we went in there and I saw these cool scooters that Target has. And I thought, I want to ride one of those. And I thought, this is going to be ridiculous And my wife wheeled me in, take the wheelchair back out to the car, then come to get the wheelchair to get me off the scooter and back to the car. So our next trip to Target, we parked in the disabled parking because, hey, I have a placard. And there was a red Target cart next to our car. And I said, dear, why don't you bring that cart over to me? And she did. And I grabbed onto the front part where the handrail is. And I slowly started pushing that cart into the store and taking steps. And that's how I started to teach myself how to walk because I wanted to ride that scooter in the Target store.
0: Yeah, uh, you had a goal and you wanted to reach yes, it. Yes, I did. Yep. Oh, that's pretty fascinating. Oh, good for you. Oh,
1: that... It was not pretty and it was not painful the first few times that I did it. And it took a lot out of me and I was exhausted afterwards. But now I, I, I can't walk, you know, hundreds of miles, but I can walk from our car to our doctor's office or most places that we travel to. But if I go to like, you know, um, a, a zoo or, or, you know, uh, I, I, um, I, a mall or something like that. I, I have my own scooter, and I got to use my scooter for longer distances. Um, but I can walk shorter distances. I, what's technically called a rollator is a walker is something that has two wheels in the front and nothing in the back. I mean, just little feet that sit on the ground. A rollator has all four of the poles with wheels on them. So I use a rollator to get around.
0: What about a Segway? Could you use a Segway?
1: Uh, no, I don't have that much balance to do the segue. I haven't, okay. I haven't really tried one. I don't think I have that kind of balance because, uh, I, I can easily fall over. I mean, if I'm walking and somebody even brushes up against me, I could lose my balance and fall. So sure, okay, i have no, not done a segue.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Not that kind. I used to work in morning radio. We did a lot of segues from one subject to another, but not the kind that you're talking about.
0: I was going to say You do have kind of A radio voice So that makes sense Well thank you Yeah it makes sense Did you ever do any Kind of like Because a lot of radio voices They always There's the good ones And then there's the one with like Hi everybody I am DJ Yeah like, the, blah, blah,
1: blah. What I call The pukey radio voice Yes
0: Oh uh, yeah The, the re- DJs the, Like the jocks Yes Some of them Just they have to Turn it up a, Turn it up a notch yeah. like, Yes Yes and radios i mean i'm sure you know radio is pretty dead at this point i mean it's kind of yes it is it is it's not what it used to be
1: yeah yeah radio is not what it was in the 80s the best decade of music in case if i had not mentioned that yet
0: no yes you have
1: (laughs) okay but but, but, what what, somebody may have just you know tuned out and had a scroll moment did not hear me say that earlier so let me repeat it the 1980s were the best music ever
0: Oh, yeah, and I have people with many different disabilities and there. I'm sure people have different mental disabilities, and, you know, they forgot. So if yeah. you he didn't hear, you he said it again. Um, but, yeah, no, that's it's, it's interesting. But, I, yeah, it makes sense, though, because you do have that kind of voice. So it, it's Thank you. there's some, though. There's some people you just hear them, you're like, yeah, that's, they'd be good for that. Of course, they always, always was yeah. that running joke, like if somebody was overweight or unattractive, they're like, well, you have a voice for radio or whatever
1: yeah, it's like a- well, I worked in radio because I said I I have a face for radio because I'm not really great on um, TV cameras. So <laughs> I have a voice. I have a face for radio. Yeah, what I've always told people.
0: Fair enough. Um, so- and I
1: use the voice now to do a podcast, which I was segueing to. But yeah, I do I do use my radio radio skills for podcasting now.
0: Okay, and so yeah, so uh, that's what I was going to segue
1: in as well. So what what uh wavelength here. That's another That's radio right. term Good synergy for those that are taking notes and keeping score. That's right.
0: Good synergy uh, here. But uh, So what, what was the thought process behind the podcast?
1: The thought process was behind the podcast is I was talking about doing one for years and my wife said, when are you going to actually do it? COVID hit and uh, I thought, you know what? This is a great time to launch a podcast because people are really consuming podcasts because they can't leave their homes. So I decided I want to do a podcast where I can is share stories of people who are, su- who are disabled and who are successful. Because unfortunately in our community, we have one of the highest unemployment rates. I just read an article in September of this year, 2022, our unemployment rate is 8.7%, where the overall unemployment rate, according to uh, the Department of Labor, which is where I got these statistics in October, was like three point something here just for the entire country. We have a high unemployment rate and we do have people in our community who are successful. We have people in our community who want to be successful and the people who want to be successful would probably, I believe, and I hope I'm right, uh, want to know how those people who are successful achieve that success. So I bring people onto the podcast who are successful to share how they did it. Sometimes we talk about how they, uh discuss the, the elephant in the room the disability during the hiring process sometimes we've talked about um, how they re- ask for reasonable accommodations so others who are in our community who want to become successful can find out the life hacks to achieve that and also in our community we are the largest percentage of people um, that are entrepreneurs and we also bring on entrepreneurs to talk about their experiences being an entrepreneur with a disability and how they do the things that they need to do in the business um, so they can succeed, so others can succeed. And we also bring on um, what I call influences in the success building community so we can learn from them. And I can ask them questions like, so this is what you suggest to do. How would I, a person with a disability, do that because of these challenges that I have and pick their brains so we can learn from them?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm not going to whore myself out, but if you need a guest, just let me know.
1: Okay, we I'll send. There's a there's an application process. I'm not picking on you. Everyone has to go through. I'll send you a link to that after uh, after uh, we finish this up.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, and uh, another thing, uh, how did the book come about?
1: Uh, the book. Mm. Good question. Before I get to the book, can I shout out the name of the podcast oh, so yeah, people please, can um, find it if they're interested? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Successful and Disabled Podcast, and it's a link to it from uh, my website, which I'm I'm hoping I'll have the opportunity to mention at the end of the podcast. But let's talk about the book for a moment.
0: I will subscribe I by reached, the way as well. Yeah,
1: you can subscribe. Yeah, uh, the the book came about um, for. Uh, A very specific reason. I was approaching my 10-year anniversary of my my, um, incomplete spinal cord injury, and one of the things I did at the early days of my spinal cord injury was saying, what can I do today that I could not do yesterday? And that helped me feel confident I'm going to recover from it. So I was approaching the 10-year anniversary, and I said, you know what? This would be a great time to look back at how far I came and what I've done to get to where I am. And it would make a great book, because people would love to read this because it would be inspiring. Okay. So I started sitting down and writing the book. Now, the question you have not asked me yet, which I don't know if you will, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is where the title came from. It doesn't define me. I And and I know you visualize things. I do this too, and I don't mean to gross anyone out. But I was in a restroom, and I was looking at my wheelchair. I was looking at my wheelchair that I transferred out of. And I looked at it, and I felt bad about it. And I thought, people look at this, and now all they see is what I can't do, my physical limitation. So I pointed at the wheelchair, and I said, it doesn't define me. Meaning that wheelchair, my disability will not define who I am. I'm going to define who I am. I'm going to show the world all that I can do. And when people talk about me, they're going to list all the things that I've done. I do. At that time, I was selling on eBay. And I've been in an an entrepreneur magazine for what I did on eBay despite my disability. I've been interviewed on um, eBay radio, which existed at that time. So I wanted people to list all the things I did. I sell on eBay. I I teach eBay eBay courses, I'm married, blah, 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 blah. And then at the bottom of the list, mention And he's physically disabled, if they mentioned it at all. So that was my mission. And that's why I said, it doesn't define me, about that wheelchair, which is the mantra for everyone. No matter what we face in our lives, no matter what happens, we that item can define us, or we can say, it doesn't define me, and we can overcome it. And that's pretty much where the book idea came from. The title of the book and my mission is to help other people realize no matter what happens in their life, it could be a disability, it could be a divorce, it could be a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, whatever. It does not have to define you. You can define yourself. And that's what I want people to know and to believe in their heart, their mind, and their soul.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a way of obviously still accepting it and understanding because no matter what, it's a, part, right. it's a part of you. It's just not right. the only part of you. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. You're a multi person. There's there's so much going mm-hmm. on, and you have multiple disabilities, and they're not they're just multiple parts of you, but they're not all. Right. Of
1: it. They make me unique. I'm a unicorn.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you are even in the disability community. I mean, look what you all yeah. you've overcome and achieved, and you know the fact that you aren't unemployed, the fact that you are doing so many different things, you are breaking the mold that a lot of mm-hmm. us refuse to do or or have no idea how to um,
1: right or how to or 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 whatever or or unable to because I do not want people who are disabled who cannot work I mean there's some people who are confined to a bed or on a ventilator and cannot go anywhere and need uh, 24 hour care you know I, I, my heart goes out to you and and, and, and my thoughts and, and best wishes go out to you, but you still don't have to let that define you. You can still do something, and whether that be, you know, read books, maybe write a review on, on a book review site. You can still do something. Just find what your it is and do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We all have something that, you know, like I, I used to say, people would say, well, what do you want to do? And I'd be working, but I'd be like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to help people, but I didn't really know how mm-hmm. I wanted to help people. And then once I kind of got past the pandemic, uh, not the pandemic, my uh, my mental health and the pandemic, mm-hmm. hit. it was like, OK, so I started in 2020 and like in the summer. And I was like, I was like, I, I was looking for every reason not to do it. Like, oh, you know, how much money is this going to cost? How much is this, this and this and that? You know, how hard is it going to be? And I'm pretty tech savvy, but I was looking for every reason, every excuse not to. And then I just started doing it, putting out episodes, not listening to it because I didn't want to hear it back because I had to judge it. And then once I got mm-hmm. comfortable enough and I started doing a few interviews and then I realized I started finding bits and pieces. Like I had no interest in interviewing people, really. It was just telling my story. I had about 10 to 12 mm-hmm. ideas. And then, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about mental health. I had a friend who died and I wanted to kind of tell her story and stuff. But and I wanted to talk about everything that happened to me. But after about 10, 12 episodes, I didn't have a clue where I was going to go with it. And then I was like, yeah. you know, I'm going to interview a few of my friends with visual impairment. And then as mm-hmm. I did that... I started kind of delving into what other people in the disability community are doing when it comes to like blogging, YouTubing, and podcasting. And I realized they right. were doing something that I was doing that I didn't really like where I was kind of staying in my niche, which is visually impairment. And I was like, I want to kind of, I want to be, have a broader scale. I want to reach the whole community, try to bring us closer together because that's part of our problem. We're so segregated and we do it to ourselves in a lot of ways. And so I I just, I realized my cousin has a son with autism and that was the dip in the toe in the water. And then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't like social media, but I have to try. Oh, I don't like it either. (laughs) And so then I just started finding all these different podcast sites and, and just different Facebook groups and Instagram people, you know, entrepreneurs and things. And, all of a sudden, you know, we're going on two and a half years here, and I don't, I don't know how I'm probably interviewed a hundred different people. So it's like, it's
1: and your mom twice.
0: Yeah, mom twice.
1: <laughs> I just heard that episode. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: you know, it's um, yeah. I, I just you didn't know. I mean, I didn't expect any. I don't expect to be talking on a six hundred dollar podcast board and a microphone in front of me. It, 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 mm-hmm. you know, I, I made a little small studio in my apartment and it's just based around mm-hmm. a coffee table that some Amish person made. Um, okay. And it, it's, you know, and I I didn't know how this would come, but coming, you know, I also was working at a nonprofit, and and they, you know, they were kind of treating the visually impaired and the disabled people there as like one person and I hated that and that mm-hmm. was kind of lit a fire under me as a person who I wanted my own individuality and so that was kind of the beginning of... Me pushing back and and because I was always the quiet kid, I never wanted attention. I never wanted to be a leader, and so you, you start to find yourself as you you know you kind of simmer in life and, and life experiences come at you and you you kind of evolve, um, and so yeah, you might not know exactly what you want to do, but it comes from some, like some way it'll it'll hit you. It's just sometimes you have to. Of course, the part that we hate the most is we have to be patient. Um, yes, we do. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's it's there. You just gotta find what your niche is. And and but some, sometimes people think their niche is one thing, and it's never. It's like, well, I like you know, I like playing uh, dominoes. It's like, yeah, I don't think that's gonna get you anywhere.
1: <laughs> I don't see a lot of trial off of openings in the paper now hiring a dominoes player. Now, yeah. Domino's pizza delivery, guys, that's a different story, but sure. Domino's plane, no.
0: Right, so sometimes there's, there's a difference between hobbies and then your actual right. life career, uh, mm-hmm. but it, again, it'll come, uh, It just you really do have to find something you like doing, and I can't stress that enough, because if you don't, then if you're unhappy, it's no point of being there.
1: No, it isn't. And I went through that myself. I was, Like I mentioned, I was uh, doing fairly uh, fairly well on eBay, but I was not happy. And I sat down while I was writing the book and asked myself, what makes me happy? And I thought back and I said, there's two things that make me happy. One is radio. Love radio has changed. It's not worth it anymore. I don't listen to radio. I just stream my favorite music all day. So, But I still love doing that in that communication aspect. And two, when I was a kid, my mom and my family, we went to church. And I was even a problem child in Sunday school. So one of the other adults took me out of the class so I, my Sunday school teacher could actually teach for a little while. And we walked around the church and I got to help collect all the attendance cards from the classroom. And I love that. I got to help someone. So I said, how can I help people and work with my love for communication at the same time, and maybe make some money at it, podcasting. So that's why I got into what I'm doing.
0: And three, most importantly, your wife. Can't forget
1: that. My wife, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Can't forget that. I don't want to get you in trouble.
1: No, we don't want to do that. (laughs) I can do that on my own. Thank you for your help, though.
0: Of course. I got your back. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, before we forget, like, when we get out of here, have we covered just about, you know, the majority of what we needed to cover?
1: I think so. I mean, we covered the uh, my spinal cord injury. We covered my um, ADHD. We covered my uh, depression. We covered my vision. We mentioned my podcast, the Successful and Disabled podcast. The only thing I've not mentioned is how people can um, find out all the wonderful things I'm doing through my business, which is called hashtag yourself. And that website is defineyourself.us. And because we we probably have people who are visually impaired and others that are a spelling challenge. I'm going to spell it out. D-E-F-I-N-E-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F dot U-S. And I know Tim's a wonderful guy, and I bet he's going to put that in the show notes. So it's easy for you all to click on. Am I right, Tim?
0: I was going to say, I, when this episode comes out, it'll all be in the show notes.
1: <laughs> awesome. You're a wonderful podcast So I have to give you five-star review. And uh, in fact, um, if you're on IMDb, I'll give you a few points there
0: too. I don't think I am, but yeah. I, <laughs> take care of me however you can. I appreciate it. Okay. So.
1: Not a problem. And I sincerely thank you for the opportunity to speak to your wonderful audience today. And no matter what's going on through their lives, I really hope that they will find a way to create success for themselves. And if I can be of any help to them, please reach out to me on my website uh, and um, uh, through social media. I hate social media, but it's a necessary evil in business now. And I will respond to social media requests because Tim knows I will, because that's how he connected with me. You messaged me on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I did, and and you responded. Not everybody does, (laughs) so I was happy. But I will yeah. say in kind of in closing here, please, like, I hope you keep in touch. If you ever need a friend or someone to talk to, you know, you always reach out. I'm, uh, I'll, am i you know, I'm here. Um, oh, thank you. I, I, you know, I know we have, we did this for recording or whatever, but everything else is outside of this. And like I said, you ever need someone, just please reach out. I mean, I, I deal with my own crap and of course you're obviously going through things personally. So mm. if you need anything, just, uh, just, just say hello and you know, I'll get back to you.
1: I I truly appreciate that If you go to the website people yourself.us That's where you're going to find All the episodes of The Successful and Disabled Podcast And it's available on your Favorite podcast playing platform Like the one you're listening to This podcast on Right this very moment yeah. So don't click on my podcast yet Let's finish up this episode Then go and check it out Okay
0: Typical radio guy <laughs> That was an advertisement, yeah.
1: Yeah, this podcast has been brought to you by...
0: Yeah, it's a good segue from an advertisement into what you're listening to currently. I like it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, buddy, I think we did it. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on. You're a great guest.
1: Not a problem. Thank you so very much for having me.
0: And uh, like I said, all good luck for everything with your wife.
1: Thank you, thank you. And I'll be sending you an application to be a guest of my podcast, and that's also available on my website for anyone who's listening who would like to be a guest.
0: Yes, please send that to me, and I'll I'll take care of that soon.
1: All right. Well, thank you.
0: Yes, brother. Thank you again. Oop. I think he hung up. All right. I don't know what happened there. I think he hung up. <laughs> it, it was still there he was still there, but somehow he. I don't know what happened. Anyway, uh, yeah, what a fun guy. I enjoyed him. Uh, sorry, my brain fog is kicking my ass. I I just can't lock on the word. It's fucking. Ugh, it's just a mess. A bullet's here the whole time. well you want to say something to the crowd? Bullet? Bullet? Earth to bullet. Earth to bullet. Nope. He's, he's got his front paw. He's on his side. He's curled up in a ball. And he's got like his front, like the like middle part of his leg is like covering his face. Like he's just, he's not into this. He's like, no, this is, this is, I'm here next to you, but. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really not here. I'm sleeping. Oh, Bullet. <sighs> you're so adorable. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, he just melts me. Like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but uh you just, he just, you just you look at him, like, oh my god. It's one of those things where you just want to hug him and love him up, and you just get, you just want to like nibble on him. You're like, I don't know what to do. I have this, this crazy emotions. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to love you properly because ah, oh, you're so cute. Um, anyway, enough about Bullet. He didn't participate in this podcast, so he shouldn't get any more of a shout out. Uh yeah guys. Uh I've been a lot happier lately, just throwing that out there. Uh just feeling good. Just I don't know. I've been cutting back on some caffeine and different things and just trying to trying to better myself, going to the gym and things. Uh, we'll see. Keep you updated. Keep you abreast. Uh but yeah, I I'm just trying to be as positive as I can and you know, as we were talking in that episode there, just how to be a little infectious to other people. I don't want to bring. I don't want to be the one that brings other people down. And I know I've been that person. Even if people won't admit it or say that maybe I didn't affect them, still my negativity it just it had to just be like a just a stench, an odor in a room. It's like oh this fucking guy, like, really. Hey, the first curse of this episode. He's such a sweet guy. He didn't, I guess he didn't, he said at the beginning of the episode, I, I didn't tell him that he could curse, but he didn't seem like he wanted to curse, which I don't care. You can speak however you want. Speak freely, my friend. But he, uh, no, nah, he didn't want to, and I just realized that was the first curse word. I think I might have said ass earlier. Oh, man. Never mind. Ass. Yes. Uh, let me not ruin this episode. But yeah, guys, thank you for all your support. I say that all the time, but I mean it. Thank you anybody who listens especially my number one friend i don't know there's a lot of people who do love and listen but i have to give a shout out to my friend julia berger she will listen to this one day and she'll realize that she is getting she won't come on the, uh, the podcast but she will get a shout out uh she's a very adorable woman we all adore her she's a sweet lady uh she's visual impairment herself and she's one of my better friends she's a good person and uh I love to tease her, but I really don't mean anything by it. I just have fun with her. I tease all my friends as they're, you know, at their right to, to tease me as much as they want, because I deserve it. And there's so much to tease. Um, but yes, give a shout out to Miss Julia Berger because she is a fun lady and she doesn't think it. She just thinks she's just this miserable old witch. But no, she is amazing. And I don't, I shouldn't say it in that tone because it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I am not. She is a wonderful woman, Uh, and I know she listens every week or or when she can, and uh, I thank her and and everyone else who supports, honestly, I give her a shout out, but that's just because I see her every, you know, multiple times a week, Uh, and I love her dearly, but I do love everybody who supports, I really do. I know there's other people that I care about as well. I just wanted to give her a specific shout out because she hates the attention. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you again, and I will see you on the next episode. And I actually have another interview I got to do soon. I don't know why I have to break the fourth wall on this one. I could just tell you, like, yeah, next week it's coming up. But we're still in 2022, and I'm doing this, just so you know. Uh, I shouldn't get so far ahead, but I can't help it. Sometimes people reach out, and or I find a few people that I must have, and I'm just like, I, I shoot the message, and then they send it back. And usually what happens is, I do that, and then like four or five other people, and it's all at once, and it's like, damn, I just wanted to get this one person, and I didn't even think this one person would even respond. They did, and then here comes a couple others, and now, you know, I'm in i uh, I'm in a situation, but uh, yeah, guys, see you next, see you, uh, see you later, and uh, see you next week. Bye, guys.